what's up? Welcome to the Ask LSC Podcast. My name is Harrison, Worship Arts Director here at Lake Forest. Hey, it's Mike Moses, uh, lead pastor at Lake Forest Church Huntersville. Today's the subject of our Ask LFC podcast is the Holy Spirit in the Advent or the Nativity stories. Oftentimes in the past, I have skipped over Harrison, mention of the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to do that today. Uh, It may come up in my Christmas Eve sermon, but I thought our listeners would really enjoy, in light of the year that we've had, a quick uh, look at the ubiquitous presence of the Holy Spirit in the Nativity stories. But Ac- first, excellent. Yes, not much before that, but very quickly before that, just one last invite from us to you. We would love for you to uh, come <clears throat> be a part of our Christmas Eve services. We got five of them. They're all the same. Bunch of the same stuff. We have one on the twenty third on Saturday. Uh, Christmas Adam, as you called it, Sunday without any explanation, and then five seconds of dawning, like. <laughs> Chuckles and the uh, I didn't congregation that. was great. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, one service at five thirty on the twenty third, and then on the twenty fourth, we're at eleven oh five, two thirty four, and five thirty. And uh, as as we've been mentioning like crazy, we just want you to please, please invite uh, one more person out to this. We've talked about this a lot, but we <clears throat> we put a lot of our our on our team side a lot of our best effort into. Uh, this day particularly because we know there's going to be uh, a lot of mm-hmm. family and friends visiting and we have a unique opportunity to share uh, a clear picture of the gospel to them. So we're going to do our best with that. Harrison, uh, if someone were to ask, how are Harrison Gilming and Mike Moses like NFL players? Mm-hmm. The answer would be our whole lives are focused around Sunday. Our, our professional lives. Mm-hmm. Um, except for us, it's not just 17 Sundays plus the playoffs, should you be so fortunate. It's, yep. it's every single week. And unlike the last two Sundays, which have been bomb cyclones, <laughs> uh, uniquely on Sunday morning at the going to church time, I texted our church planters just to <clears throat> encourage them because I remember yep. setting up in a gym, bringing stuff in, in, in torrential rain, bedraggled, and you know... By the way, that it's not going to be a great attendance Sunday. I hated that in the gymnasium. By the way, a study was done. They isolated church attendance in one county in one state. It was either Connecticut or Ohio. Uh, This was years ago, and church attendance was dampened, pun intended, by 17% on average on a rainy Sunday. So I texted our church planners, hey, guys, we're doing it for the worship of one today, capital O-1. All that to say, the worship on Christmas Adam and Christmas Eve, uh, the weather looks great. It's going to be a beautiful Christmas. It's wonderful for everyone that it's on a uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, Christmas yeah, Day on a awesome. Monday. That's pretty good for most people's work schedules. So it's I'm great. looking forward to seeing lots of people on Christmas Eve. Uh, the next Sunday is actually New Year's Eve. Of course, we'll have church. Uh, It's in the Ten Commandments. It's in the creation narrative every seven days. You rest and you worship, focus on God. Um, That'll also be another service. Just like our Christmas Eve services, we will only have children's ministry for zero to four, I think. Mm -hmm. And then this one will be a a uniquely family-friendly service at our 930 and 11.05 times. Um, but we're going to make it really fun, family-friendly, informal. We'll probably walk around with a microphone. Um, I'm looking. For, that's always a warm Sunday, what we do around there. And then January 7th, we jump into We've All Got Questions, our series to start the new year. 
which I'm really excited about. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> um, we we invite you to join us in all of that stuff. Uh, but but before we do all that, Mike, I'm excited to to get into what we're talking about today. Like you said, you and I talked a little bit yesterday about your um, Christmas Eve sermon, and this was a a, a a spot that you landed on a little bit. We've been we've we've really I would say. Mike, how many years has it been since you and I sat down, probably you and I and Tracy, the three of us, and said, how do we, how do we emphasize the work and the person of the Holy Spirit more mm-hmm. in our services on Sunday in a way that, that feels uh, correct and Lake Foresty mm-hmm. to us? Uh, you know, a handful of years back, and, and if you've been with us over that journey, you've seen us explore that in some subtle ways. And then some hit you over the head with a hammer way. So like yeah, this right. last year's yeah. series on Holy Spirit and just leaning as far in as we can. My own um, uh, personal conviction and an encounter with the fact that maybe I was a lid on disciples at Lake Forest Church experiencing the Holy Spirit as a normal and normative part of our discipleship. That was the winter of 2020. Um and my determination was to begin leading our church that way, and then the pandemic happened, and I, I wish I had picked up on it sooner, but I really didn't in a all-call sort of way. So I think it was really 21, mm-hmm. late 21, when we really uh, began uh, emphasizing the person and work of the Holy Spirit and the power in our, in our lives, our worship, in our own sanctification, and in our living on mission. So I thought uh, I was preparing my Christmas Eve sermon and tripping through the the bit of the text that I've chosen to read on, uh, during the sermon, and it's just a little bit. It's the part where the angel announces to Joseph and says, "Mary is not smoking crack. Mm-hmm. Um, this is real." Uh, and uh, what the uh, what the uh, angel says to Joseph is. Uh, what has been conceived in her is of or from the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And unlike in previous years, Harrison, I sort of stopped. And I'm not sure. I have a moment written into my Christmas Eve sermon script where I may stop with everyone, with the church, um, and just notice the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an eternal part of God's trinity, one of the three personhoods in the single singularity of the Godhead. Uh, So the Holy Spirit has always been part of God's story. The Holy Spirit is part of Jesus' story from the beginning. Um, And uh, the Holy Spirit is therefore to always be part of our story as a Christian. Because here's what I find, Harrison, for a a year or so, um, we have been emphasizing in a fresh way the Holy Spirit, just like you said. Mm -hmm. I will find, and yet, and still, I'll go a whole week and slip back into only praying to Heavenly Father and Jesus. Um, just this morning, <laughs> uh, in the scripture that I opened up, I started that way, and then I changed my prayer to the Holy Spirit. So I'm still reforming new habits, uh, and I, I think it behooves us, Harrison, you and I, to use a very important word that an NFL player would never use. That's a difference between That's us right. and NFL players. Um, uh, th- to continue this emphasis. Yeah, and I think the cool thing, like you mentioned, Mike, <clears throat> one of my uh, favorite things, there's a series we've done here a couple times over the past uh, handful of years called Glimpses of the Kingdom, and there's like a, a truth in there that 
that pops out even in what you're just saying is that <clears throat> as you um as you begin to to emphasize something more to yourself as you have your eyes open for it you do actually start seeing yes. it more and as as we as we put emphasis on the work of the holy spirit uh, you know i i hope for you as well that as you're maybe reading, studying things that you, your eyes have bounced off of 10 times, um, maybe on the 11th one, uh, you'll start to see a glimpse of something that your eyes are just a little bit more open for. So that's really what we want to do, uh, today on the podcast is just take a look at, um, at the Advent narrative and point out some ways that, uh, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as an active and present part of the arrival of Christ to the earth. Yeah, and the first way that the Holy Spirit is present in the nativity or the incarnation of Jesus is the Holy Spirit is behind the prophecy of the Messiah from the very start. Uh, From the Hebrew prophets, Isaiah very famously says, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me Hmm. and uh, anointed my lips. And what did Isaiah prophesy about? He prophesied about some things that had to do with the nation of Israel and the people of God in their time Hmm. and in decades' time and in multiple decades' time. But ultimately, particularly culminating in, in Isaiah 53, the prophecy of the Messiah as the suffering servant the one who, who the, the phrase, by his stripes, by his wounds, we have been healed, is from Isaiah 53. Mm. That was inspired. I, I, Isaiah himself gives, gives testimony. The Holy Spirit has, has come upon me and anointed my lips to prophesy. And you think of all the Old Testament prophecies that we, uh, the longer you've been a Christian, the more you may have heard a sermon or read an article or a book that lines up all these prophecies and some some people will f- try to figure out the probabilities of any sing- single human being being from Bethlehem it's in the line of David in the et cetera et cetera and and th- that's interting to me um sort of my brain doesn't doesn't really uh that's not like definitive for me for some people it's a really important proof yeah. scripture proof but all of those prophecies were inspired by the Holy Spirit and that's the the beginning of the Spirit's involvement in the nativity of Jesus. And we actually see uh, the completion of the prophecies inspired by the Holy Spirit of the Messiah when Jesus comes out of the wilderness from his temptation by Satan. And the gospel writer Matthew says, quote, full of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus goes straight to his hometown synagogue, Nazareth. He stands up, preaches his first public sermon, unwraps the scroll to Isaiah 61, a prophecy concerning the Messiah that all Jews understood was inspired by the Holy Spirit in Isaiah. And then Jesus reads that prophetic inspiration about the Messiah and sits down and says, because you sat down to teach in the synagogue, it says he sits down and says, today in your hearing, this has been fulfilled. Um, A second way that we see uh, probably the most 
obvious one in the text that would be the the hardest one to overlook because it's so central uh, to the narrative and to the identity of Christ. Uh, Matthew one twenty says, "What has been conceived in her, Mary, is from the Holy Spirit." So we see uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in in the the conception of Jesus in Mary as a, a, a major central cornerstone part of this entire thing is Holy Spirit right in the center of it. And there are two two different words used here in different gospels for the Holy Spirit. Uh, and Mary. One is uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Uh, another one is the Most High. So the Holy Spirit is not named by name, but we understand all activity of God in this earthly sphere is uh, accomplished, uh, effected by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the Most High will overshadow you. Now, there's a lot of mystery here that Scripture does not reveal, but that term overshadow biblical scholars will say, has a connection to the presence of God over the tabernacle and the the temple. Um, I, Howard Marshall, who was the New Testament scholar I read the most in seminary, and his commentary uh, on the birth narratives explains that the description of overshadow or the, Holy, uh, or the Most High will come upon you, the description, quote, is reminiscent of the glory of God coming to rest upon the tabernacle. Um, also, we want to be careful and understand overshadow is not a euphemism for beget. Um, the language does not indicate. This is v- very important contradist- in contradistinction to other religious myths, mythology. It does not indicate any kind of sexual intercourse between God and Mary. And again, Matthew records it this way, quote, What has been conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew 1, 20. Um, Frederick Dale Bruner reflects this work involves two major acts. Um, the Spirit brings Christ down to earth and makes him human. But secondly, the Spirit lifts Christ up and shows Jesus' divinity. And so the Holy Spirit, we could say, is a, an excellent theologian with two courses of study, the true humanity of Jesus Christ, the first semester, Brunner says, <laughs> and the true divinity of Jesus Christ in the second, uh, because it is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring Jesus Christ into human lives, beginning with the Incarnation. Another really cool way that we see the Holy Spirit in the Advent narrative is there's this really cool interaction between Mary and Elizabeth. And uh, according to Luke one forty one, Elizabeth hears the voice of Mary and immediately the Holy Spirit fills her. And it says that uh, the through the Spirit... Elizabeth understands that Mary is carrying the Messiah. So she has this this moment of clear understanding from the Holy Spirit, and the baby literally leaps inside her womb. John the Baptist, who she's carrying, uh, leaps, who who uh, he's, he's going to uh, be filled with the Spirit and pave the way for Jesus as well. He has a, a very specific and special call placed on his life. But you see that very clearly laid out in that text, the, the Holy Spirit... Uh, brings this understanding to Elizabeth where she goes, oh, Mary's carrying the Messiah. And right at that moment, her cousin Mary is there, and she breaks out into a a song um, by Mary. She worships the Lord in sort of prophetic song. And what's interesting is this song, um, uh, 
makes uh, makes it clear th- the consistency of this birth that is now being foretold through the Holy Spirit with the Messiah who was foretold by the prophets in the Old Testament. It's a song that speaks about God's triumph over unrighteousness, over evil, uh, and over sin, uh, as well as forgiveness as a, with a dominating quality. So there's this consistency of the witness of the Holy Spirit from the Hebrew Scriptures now to the very beginning of the revelation of God through Jesus Christ. We also see uh, in uh, uh, prior to Jesus' birth, we see uh, Simeon, who uh, the the Holy Spirit is actually mentioned three times uh, in relation to Simeon. He's described as uh, a righteous, devout man, and and Luke two sixteen says the Holy Spirit was on him, and it says uh, number one, the Holy Spirit was on him. Two, the Holy Spirit gave him a promise concerning his witness of the Messiah. You will not. You, you won't die before you encounter the Messiah. And he was guided by the Spirit into the temple uh, to see Mary. And then it, that is confirmed after Christ's birth uh, when Simeon is the elder who witnesses Jesus' uh, circumcision rite uh, at, I believe it's when he was eight days old in the vicinity of the temple. I, I think that's really interesting that the Holy Spirit was on him, quote-unquote, uh, and that he had a, a promise from the Spirit that uh, that he would see the Messiah before he died. I, I think this is part of this mystery in the New Testament where we see some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the ways the Holy Spirit interacts with us are things called words of knowledge or um, uh, a, uh, a discernment, um, there are times when the Holy Spirit does speak or give an impression outside of recorded Scripture. It can never contradict Scripture. It will never supersede Scripture. Uh, scripture, uh, um, And yet, this is one of those examples of the Holy Spirit can give us impressions. Now, obviously with Simeon, we, it, it's confirmed that he was not mistaken in that impression. He didn't eat a bad burrito that night and have a weird dream yeah. and misunderstand the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will sometimes um, give us impressions and words of knowledge that way. It, it's always been cool to me, specifically with Simeon's story also, when you understand that um, Israel had been in this stretch of kind of kind of quiet from God. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of... Um, they were kind of just in this period of waiting. So it's, it's just cool imagining God saying this to Simeon. And I wonder if he told a couple of his close buddies and they're like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And he's like, I'm right. telling you, I'm telling you, I, I, I was promised by God, I'm going to see the Messiah. They're like, okay, buddy. One more interesting detail of Simeon's story is then he, uh, he also breaks out into song. They're, they're uh, the Hebrew faith was very song-filled, music-filled, joy-filled. He breaks into into song, uh, announcing that this this Messiah's redemption, interestingly, will affect not only Abraham's children, Israel, but all the nations. Again, this thing that even after Jesus' resurrection, in spite of his clear words, for the apostles, it's even hard for them to get at first. Wait a minute. The good news of Jesus and his salvation is for all people, the Gentiles and the Jews. And right here, Simeon says, quote, Luke 2, 32, 
He will be a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Yeah, and I think um, a, a way that this all kind of ties together, Mike, is we we really see from from that Advent narrative what we see even more clearly as we move on through the New Testament, especially at Pentecost and moving forward, is is the Holy Spirit performing this role of of illumination of making uh, shining light. That's illumination is literally to shine light on something. It's to help us grow and gain understanding of something that we might not have the ability to see for ourselves. Without the Holy Spirit, these stories would be but stories. They would be dead letters. Hmm. It is the Holy Spirit who illumines our faith, with it, who, um, when the Word of God is read, when the Word of God is preached, when the Word of God is heard, it is only the Holy Spirit that illumines a heart and reveals truly Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior and my Savior and the future coming king of all. Only the Holy Spirit. It's only, as Paul says it to the Corinthians, by the Holy Spirit someone can confess Jesus as Lord. So ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit who enlivens these stories and makes them more than a child's story, but uh, our greatest hope that we live our lives by. Mm-hmm. And so it's the Spirit that bears witness of Jesus as John the Gospel writer uh, records Jesus as saying uh, in John 16 that the Holy Spirit will glorify me, meaning he will, the Holy Spirit will take what is Jesus's and declare it to us. We simply need to have our ears open to hear and to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit who is glorifying Jesus at all times. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope in our prayer for you is that over this Advent season that uh, the Holy Spirit would do that work in you uh, to illuminate, to show more of who he is, uh, that you, as you read these stories, as you uh, come on Christmas Eve, uh, that you'll have your eyes open to that as well. And we, uh, we would just pray that the Holy Spirit would move uh, in you and through you, become clear to you that as you knock, that he would open the door to you, that as you seek him, that you would find him. We'll see you guys on Christmas Eve.